Welcome to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of Don't Box Me In. Before I get started with today's show, which is about interesting things that moms do, I want to take a moment and say happy upcoming Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I suppose when it's close to Mother's Day, I'll have to make a special show about fathers so I can even things out and make it up to the dads out there. Now, moving on to my guest today, she's a new mommy, and in her free time, she hangs out with people named Shenanigans, Serial Jiller, and Miss Corpse. She goes from baking cookies and cakes for her husband to trying her best to knock down anyone in her path. She blogs, changes diapers, and most likely, you would want to move out of her way when you see her coming towards you on eight wheels. Her teammates call her Yoshi Ground, excuse me, Yoshi Ground Pound, and others call her Tina Blundetto. Tina, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hello. <laughs> How you doing today? Oh, not too bad. Better All days right. since the uh, little one got the tooth finally. Oh, finally came through. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you on being a new mommy. How old is a little lady today? She will be actually eight months and four days. Oh, okay, pushing up on a year, and she, she cut her tooth there, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I, I read that uh, on your blog that you guys, the whole pregnancy, you had no idea that you were having a girl. Why, why did you guys keep it a secret from yourselves? Well, when my sister and brother-in-law told us that they were expecting a baby, um, mm-hmm. my husband didn't know that I wanted a baby at the time, but... When I saw how excited he was about having a nephew, I figured it was a good time to bring up having a baby. <laughs> and he he was okay with it. Well, at first he wasn't, you know, men worry about money, about uh-huh. taking care of the family, obviously, because I can't work. I'm taking mm-hmm. home. I'm staying home taking care of the baby. And uh, after some talking and, you know, one of the things he said, he's like, okay, we can try for a baby, but let's just wait until after our second anniversary, which we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he said one of the stipulations was, I don't want to know what we're having. I um, just, it, It's boring sometimes when, like, families are like, oh, we're having a girl, we're having a boy. He's like, I want to have the surprise. Okay. Like, the pregnancy itself wasn't a surprise, but the sex of the baby was, and not knowing what we were having was. And, you know, regardless, I had several dreams of pink and girl stuff, and I, <laughs> I knew. At some point, I knew I was having a girl. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, I know like in today's world, everybody wants to know like what to get, what to get. So we're friends and family like, come on now, at least tell us. So just, you know, you guys keep it a secret for you. It was really funny because my mother-in-law, she said, can I just call the doctor and find out what you're (laughs) having so we can buy you like separate clothes instead of, you know, I'm tired of buying yellow and all the ducks and everything. (laughs) So uh, Yeah, she was. She was a little iffy to find out what we were having because I have a nephew and, um, you know, my mom and her, well, my mom was hoping it was a boy. We were naming, if we had a boy after both of our grandfathers. Um, mm-hmm. And then our daughter, we actually named, she's, the middle name is after my sister and then her first name is actually a Billy Joel song, which my husband introduced me to and it was a separate thought we both had. So we were, the names were no issue, but, you know, when it came to, buying separate things my mother-in-law was like I just really want to know like I want a girl we have all the boys in the family so so you and hubby delivered on the girl there okay go team yeah yeah. I mean my husband and I we kind of wanted a boy first because you know older brother take care of the younger sister that's like Mm -hmm. the ideal family for everybody but Mm -hmm. You know, whatever happened, happened. We were so happy. Like, the first time I saw my husband hold my daughter, it, I, I I cried. Like, the Aww. look on his face, you know, it was filled with worry and excitement. And as we're leaving the hospital, he's actually the one that was tearing up a little bit. Because he's like, you know, what are we going to do when we're home? I'm like, you're doing fine. I had an emergency C-section. So uh-huh. he was eating her diapers. He was getting her for me, helping me in and out of bed. He was amazing those couple days in the hospital and when we got home because like I couldn't do very much I couldn't hold Uh her very long so 
she was a great help. And I think I hear her back there. Yeah, she is oh. going to blow raspberries on my leg. <laughs> oh, okay. She wants to be on the interview too. And, and how do you pronounce Miss Lady's name? Lena. Lena. Okay. Oh, she's close to me. Lana and Lena. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so you had the C-section and uh, everything. So, was it hard for you to recover emotionally and physically after giving birth, or did you just did you struggle with certain mommy issues, new mommy issues? Well, the one, the first couple of days were fine. Um, at the hospital, it was great. Um, I was planning on breastfeeding. It was going very well. Uh, had no issues whatsoever. You know, I was a little, I was a little disappointed in myself that I had to have a C-section. But what happened was, um, we were going for natural. They were going to induce me, but I went into labor 12 hours early. Mm. But by by 2 p.m., which was 10 hours. Later, um, I wasn't progressing, and then mm-hmm. you know, 8 p.m. came around, and I said, "I'm, I'm having like I don't feel right." And uh, the nurse was about to walk away. My family left to go give me some time to take a nap because I hadn't slept since 4 a.m. You know, family came at two. We were all having fun talking. Um, I didn't eat very much because all you can have is Jello and and. Um, ice and like water because in case you do have a c-section you know they don't want anything in in your body in case there are issues so i wasn't eating very much and i said you know i don't feel right the nurse goes to leave but then she turns around she starts talking to me and she goes finally after a few minutes because i'm wondering i'm like why is this nurse talking to me i just want to nap. <laughs> she finally goes you know i'm going to call the doctor in um every contraction that you have the baby's heart rate is going down Wow. So the doctor comes in and he goes, I'm sorry it took me so long I was delivering a baby. I'm like, oh, that's what you do up here? <laughs> so. Say, no, you're only supposed to pay attention to my delivery, my baby, right? <laughs> okay. So he, you know, he came in and said, you know, I think uh, this is what's going on. I think the best option would be a C-section. We're going to give it another 10 minutes to see if it corrects itself. But mm-hmm. um, basically... <laughs> Basically, the best thing to do would be get a C-section, but I want you to decide. So, okay. you know, we said, is this the healthiest way to get the baby out? Is this the best way? And he said, well, I'm not going to lie. There could be complications, but with what's going on, yes, it's probably the best option. So, okay. it was about okay. half hour later that she was out. So, <laughs> Okay. Okay. And then you had to stay in the hospital a couple of days after that? Just one extra day. Um, oh. That was That was disappointing because, you know... I thought I would have a regular birth. You know, I got mm-hmm. I joked around with my husband and my family. I got birthing hips, and then I planned to breastfeed because you know it's best for baby. But um, after we had gotten home from the hospital, for some reason, and I know with C-sections, uh, you don't have the natural hormones that release mm-hmm. that help with the postpartum, and I got that real bad. So okay, so you didn't get a, you didn't there. get an opportunity to breastfeed at all. I did actually. It was it was six days. I got okay. The fourth, fifth day was really hard. She started having latching issues, and mm-hmm. um, it was very painful. I know the first two weeks, like the first couple seconds, hurt, but it was mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, she would unlatch, latch, unlatch, and it was very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't know what to do, and I got really worried that she would have food problems in the future, like I'm forcing her to feed and she doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. So after a very long, long day of Googling things of similar stories of other mothers and talking to family and everyone reassuring me that if I went to formula, it's not the worst thing in the world. My husband and I, and one of the reasons I was a little worried about breastfeeding was my husband and my daughter wouldn't have the same bond when you feed Mm -hmm. and formula Going to formula gave us that. Okay. It also gave me the opportunity to get sleep. <laughs> one day I, I went 20 hours with no food, no water, no rest, and it was it was hard. Wow. And my husband, it was that was our anniversary too. Um, uh, <laughs> it, uh. was, it was kind of a heartbreaking day because it was like the first day that she was. The second day she was on formula and she was throwing up a little bit, getting used to it. And it was it was heartbreaking because I had this plan in mind, you know, we were going to have a regular birth, we were going to breastfeed, mm-hmm. we were going to sleep, and everything just went out the window. Everything so, in, the, in like three or four days, everything, well, no, in about a week's time, I guess, everything just kind of 
fell yeah. apart there. So, the I mean... Sleeping, yeah, the co-sleeping waited a little bit longer. It was like a week later that I was like, I need to do this or I'm not going to get sleep, so... Got, gotcha. So, I mean, I guess that can be, you know, very disappointing, along with all the other stressors that come along with being a, a mom. So, I guess emotionally, it kind of took its toll on you? It did, but to be honest, finding other stories of other moms and talking to friends and talking to family, it, it really helped me. And if I didn't have those couple friends to talk to me and talk me through it and tell me what they went through, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have, like, how I would have recovered emotionally. And yeah. that's actually one of the reasons I decided to start writing is because if, you know, going through a new experience, if you are so, like, you know, nowadays, in today's day and age, you have your phone in your hand. It's like, I have a question. Let me Google it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can write the whole question out. And for me, finding other people that had the same problem and being able to relate, it was just a huge relief. And I think, like, writing and letting people know about your story is so helpful because, you know, sometimes we just want to know that we're not alone. There's other people yeah. going through it. And that it's, was, it's a great emotional release, and I can say that is the benefit of the Internet now. Like you were mentioning before, you got on there and you Googled and said, okay, I'm not alone. The, the Internet allows us to connect with others and not feel so isolated, like we're the only ones going through a certain situation. Yeah. You know, you can quickly say, oh, okay, it's not just me, so exactly. there's nothing wrong with me. So, you know, I, I can totally understand uh, how you can, you know, get on the Internet and write and say, okay, there's others out there. But, uh, but also, I guess, getting back into roller derby, that helped you kind of take off some stress? Or what brought you back to roller yeah. derby after being a, a new mom? Well, I had joined my first team in April 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually, I was only married for five months, and I, I was actually sexually attacked outside my job. Mm-hmm. And oh. I did not think that I would be the same again with my marriage mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, the first two weeks after it happened, my husband understood completely. That I was like, I said to him, like, please, just like, you need to give me some space. Like, I know we're newlyweds, and, but I, I need to have, like, I, I need to find something to get my anger out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a month later, one of my old teammates, Killer Kangaroo, posted on a forum on Facebook, hey, you know, we're have, we have a roller derby team, we're recruiting, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to check this out. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know, maybe I didn't know at first that, you know, this is going to help me, or this is going to be some sort of therapy. It was just, you know, I mm-hmm. I kind of, like, in high school, I was like, you know, if someone's going to come in my face, I'm going to punch them in the face, like mm-hmm. that kind of person. Like, I never got into fights, but, like, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with a friend in, in one class that we didn't like, and we're just like, I wonder what would happen if we got into a fight. Like, should we coordinate something? Like, <laughs> those sort of things. But finding finding something in my adult life where people willingly let me hit them, uh. I, I got, so I, you know, I, I joined, and it was really hard for the first year because I was overweight. I mean, I am again, but at first, I like I was unhealthy overweight. Uh-huh. Um, my endurance was nothing, mm-hmm. so getting into it was really hard. And then the next year, the next season, is when it really started to pick up for me, and really I got active. And I had actually one of my teammates, Danielle Fryer, she's in the area. She actually plays on another team since our old team disbanded, um, Lehigh Valley Roller Girls, great, great group of girls. But this woman owns her own fitness studio, Metamorphosis, and she runs this challenge called the Body Mass for the clean plate, clean plate, mm-hmm. best way to explain it. Um, I went on this diet, I did roller derby, and it was amazing. I lost so much weight, I toned, and she did ask us at one point, like, why do you want to do this? And I said, I want to have a healthy baby. I want to be a healthy mother. So mm-hmm. like, oh, whoa, she didn't think about it. I was like, I don't need time to think. So, you know, roller derby just got happening, and I was so into it. I had these goals, and I couldn't wait for the next season, and we had lost our rink. So then when... January came and I found out we weren't going to have an actual indoor place. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm guessing I'm going to have to suck it up and go. And, you know, there's another girl on my team having a baby. She had her baby shower. And I went to it. And I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I took the test. Maybe I should take another one. So the next day, I took a test. Or that day, I think, I took a test. And I said, oh, <laughs> 
I'm pregnant. So I guess I don't need to worry about where we're playing. So, you know, I was at the height of my love for the sport. I had just gotten back from the first World Cup in Toronto. Um, It was like, you know, I couldn't get enough of it. And then I was having a baby. I'm like, oh, I got to, like, it it was just cold turkey. So, I mean, from the day I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get back. So, getting back into it was not an issue. I never gave up. Like, I never stopped thinking about it. I always knew you were going to be playing, uh, doing the derby there. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk more about the uh, first team you're on and the pregnancy and how we transition into that. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Once again, welcome back to Don't Box Me In. I am talking to mommy uh, and roller derby mom, Tina Blundetto. I, I totally butchered her name uh, in the opening. Uh, hopefully I got it right this time. Uh, <laughs> Before the break, we were talking about the first team you were on, and uh, that was in April of 2010. Uh, the, the name of that first team was, uh, what if, if you can tell me? It was Skyline Roller Girls. Okay, and you mentioned that you guys lost your rink. How did that happen, or what was that about? Well, when I had gotten there, the team had been thriving for a couple of years prior, and um, when I got more involved in the team, because the thing about roller derby is none of us get paid to do this. We get paid mm-hmm. nothing. This mm-hmm. is all a sport that we put our our own time and effort and money into, and we have volunteers, which we absolutely love. Like the refs, they volunteer. The announcers, the photographers, um, everybody volunteers. The girls put in so much work, and one of the things you have to do on a team is try to be involved. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't have a baby at the time, so it was really easy for me to go to meetings and find out what's going on. And with our rink, um, what happened was the guy that was renting us the building that he owned, one half was a skate park, one half was a rink. And it was an old mm-hmm. rink, like the wooden floor, the hockey area surrounding, like the games, the dance floor on the side. It was a great place, but, you know, there was no heat in the, in the winter. There was no air conditioning in the summer. And mm-hmm. our rent went up one year, and we had to give up our other rink that so we had a really good um, relationship with, and then he decided to go and change the skate park into uh, a soccer turf or like oh. just a practice turf. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for him, that flooded. And I guess mm-hmm. he saw how beneficial having a turf was, so he changed the rink over to a soccer turf and basically kicked us out before our last bout. So that wow. was that was kind of an emotional last game. Um, I know I was crying a little bit because it was the last game at our rank, and it was, like, my first team. Like, this team, the, the women that I got to know helped me through so much emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. I was wearing and doing things that I never thought that I would ever do in my life. So mm-hmm. we were at the point, like, we had no idea what to do. We got, it was basically the middle of October, and then our next season was going to start, and we already had bouts lined up in, I think, um, March, uh, the next oh year. So finding a place was, was really difficult because there's a lot of stigma around roller derby that we're, one, that we're lesbians, which isn't true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lesbians on the team, but that's, like, there's no discrimination. Like, we don't care what everybody does in their own time. Um, gotcha. the, there's other stigmas, like, you know, we all have tattoos, we're all foul-mouthed, we're bad women. Mm-hmm. Like, that's totally not true. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I do have some tattoos, but, <laughs> you know, there are so, there's so many women on the team that do other stuff. There's other mothers on the team. There's um, teachers. One of my good friends on the team is a teacher. She's been teaching. Um, I'm trying to think. I, you know what? It's hard to know what other people do because, you know, Derby, like, sometimes we joke, like, I don't know what you look like without your helmet on, which is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some women I could pass on the street, I would never know it's them because they didn't have a helmet on. Um, yeah. You know, there's such a stigma. So finding a rink to rent to 
do this was, one, you know, we have to find the right space. And it's really hard to find a space that can support a rent for the rink, the rest zone, and then people to watch. And then you have to worry about, well, does it have a good floor? Is this going to be safe for us? Is it going to be too slippery? Um, mm-hmm. So finding a place, it, it just it didn't really work out. We ended up getting <clears throat> a practice rink with a Catholic school. Or it might not have been a Catholic school, but the floor was really slippery. Um, we couldn't have bouts there, so we had to find another venue. So we ended up finding a venue outdoors. And with all of that going on, we ended up just losing women to other teams. Mm. Area. Um, I was actually one of four women that were pregnant on the team, so it was just it was really difficult with that. And unfortunately, in December this past year, we had a meeting and decided that we would stop the team. We would just disband and just called quits. You know, mm-hmm. we had a good run, and there was a lot of people that moved away that ran the team. People that couldn't play anymore because of having children or this and that so that kind of just stopped and it was unfortunate it was sad so so everybody just kind of split up and I guess went their own ways how long did it take before you found the team that you're on now which is the uh, New Jersey roller derby well there was talks about my team not continuing because a lot of the people like I said had left to go to other teams so Mm -hmm. as soon as I found out what was going on with my team um, I, that night, I think I had contacted the new team because I I wanted to get back into it really quickly. Like, I mm-hmm. had gotten cleared. Um, I talked to my husband about it, and I said, I didn't, I was actually going to start my own team <laughs> after oh, I couldn't okay. get my team to go. Because I live within 15 minutes of a roller rink. Okay. And I was very dead set on not spending a lot of time away from home because mm-hmm. of the baby. But... I talked to my husband about it, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't spend so much time running a team when I could just drive an hour each way and just be on a team. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it that night. I weighed my options. Um, you know, the team that I'm on now is a little bit, My halfway point is actually my parents. So my mother gets to watch my daughter when I go to practice, and then my husband okay. gets to find himself. So okay. it was literally within the day. I knew what team I wanted to go on. It's actually a team that a lot of my old teammates are on. Okay, that worked so, out. Yeah. Okay, and you mentioned, you know, at first, your, one of your first thoughts was, you know, I'll just start my own team. I'm just curious, like, is it easy to start your own roller derby team, or what's involved in it? It depends. It's It depends on the area. It depends on, you know, if there's a – if you have the time, it's not really – too too hard if you have people interested it's not too hard but if you're alone and you're one person because mm-hmm. I live 40 minutes about 40 minutes from all my other teammates and then some you know our mm-hmm. rink was an hour away from a lot of people the most and I just felt that there wasn't a lot of interest like it was I felt that it would be a hard start up from the bottom I know a lot of teams they all had to start somewhere and what I read from starting a team was you know, they went to open skates. They recruited that way. They didn't pay for mm-hmm. rink time. They would just go to open skates, talk to people, get people interested. And, um, you know, a lot of teams started that way. But for me, I realized after a while that I'm not as out there as I thought I was. <laughs> I figured, I'm like, you know what, this is going to be way too much more work than I'm ready. And someone actually did comment from my old team was like, you know what, running a roller derby team or starting one is like having another job. Yeah. I, like, I can't even I can't even do my own job all the time. I, I, I can't do this with a baby and my husband. I, I would lose so much time with my family. Mm-hmm. So I decided, I was like, I, I can't do this. As much as I wanted to stay close to home, it, it's not going to work out. Okay. And I see from the pictures that you guys have uniforms. So I'm assuming you guys have some sort of sponsors or any, or something like that? Actually, um, the uniforms, we all had to pay for our own. The only thing that we actually got sponsored that's part of our uniform were our helmets. That's uh, Mini Cooper and Morristown, New Jersey. Amazing mm-hmm. donation because helmets run like 50 to $60, and 
I'm very partial to my green helmet because I don't put <laughs> stickers. All I have are my orange spikes, and that's, like, people hear my name, and they're like, I don't really, oh, and then they see my helmet, they remember the Mario game, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was hard to, like, accept the helmets, but I love them. <laughs> I mean, it's I needed a new helmet. They're, they all match. We look, the pictures look really good. Um, it, it's, like, the one thing in Roller Derby 2 is, people don't really make it out to all the games. And mm-hmm. it's such a growing sport that the one thing that we absolutely love are the photos. You know, the, the photographers always manage to catch the best faces, the best, like, falls and everything. Like, there are so many silly pictures of my face that I have that I'm saving for when my daughter gets older that she can say, hey, mom did do something at once that made her cool. I uh-huh. hope. <laughs> but, you know, we have... Like I said, all the people in roller derby, they donate their time. And the photographers that are involved, um, if you don't mind if I name a few, because they, oh, they're great people. Um, our photographer for our old team was Mama Hawk, Kathy Miller. She took all of our homebound photos. She did all of our photo shoots. We actually had a calendar that we did. She did all the photos for that. She's an amazing photographer. Um, Keith from Quick Draw Photography he does our photos for my team now. He actually was... These are all people that were kind enough to let me give photos for for you to use, and then they're okay with me saving them for my daughter. And I explained that to them. I'm like, I don't want them for anything besides saving for a photo album. Gotcha. Um, William Thomas sent some pictures. Um, Sean Hale was one of the first photographers that I ever got to know with my first team. And they donate all of their time. Nobody pays them unless they get picked up for something. Um or like a magazine, like a, like or a news like article or a magazine or something. Yeah, which is oh, okay. which is kind of kind of rare. Um, and I've learned a lot of like photography etiquette for this too. So mm-hmm. it's they're you know they put in like yeah we put in our time and we have volunteers, but the pictures last forever. That's one of the things with my wedding. I'm like spend the extra money on a good photographer because when the wedding's said and done, all you're gonna have are the photos, and that's the that's same thing with roller derby. You know, there are times when we get home that night and then the next morning we wake up and we're like, are the pictures up? And you see them (laughs) and you're like, I remember this moment. That was awesome. So. Uh, Cool stuff. Well, we're, I want to talk more about these pictures right after this quick break. Stay tuned. I'll be back. This is Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I am with Miss Yoshi Ground Pound, as somebody knows her. And before the break, we were talking about the photographers and the pictures. And I just want to say I was kind of, uh, you know looking through, uh, I guess what the kids say these days, stalking some of these pictures. And I want to ask you, what is up with the creative costumes that some of you guys wear? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Well, (laughs) when I first started roller derby, one of the things was, um, you know, your bout fit, basically. Mm -hmm. What (laughs) what crazy thing can you wear? And I wore some crazy things. I I wore... um, I always wear tights when I practice because it's easier for me to skate. And then when games came around, um, I don't know if, if you could tell, but my favorite color is green. Um, I try to have a little bit of green on me at every game. <laughs> That's where my helmet came in. But, uh, you know, I wear tights with uh, fishnets over them with designs. Um, some girls wore very skimpy shorts. Um, uh, you know, when when I first started, actually, that was the big thing. It's like, how ridiculous can you look but still look good? And a lot of women did look good. And I know um, face paint's pretty awesome. I've seen a lot of great face paint. But as the time went on, you know, more of us are hoping to get the sport viewed as a more professional thing and even mm-hmm. possibly get it into the Olympics. So with players like Susie Hot Rod and Bonnie Sunders and B Diva, Erkin um, Jerkin, like all these women um, were on the Team USA and everybody looked so like clean cut, professional. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they had, they were some tattoos, but they were all matching. They looked great. So, you know, it, it went slowly from crazy outfits, which are still out there. And, you know, some I, you can appreciate to more mm-hmm. of a matching 
team, and that's actually what my team is going for. We should be getting our uniform bottoms soon, and we're all going to look, besides our skates, pretty pretty good, I think. Pretty uniform. And, and I did read somewhere that there is some talk of getting roller derby in the, I've, I believe it was the 2020 Olympics, so that will be, you know, a great advancement for the sport uh, at oh, that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. It'll be, I mean, if roller derbies in the Olympics, I can't tell you how many women <laughs> and men will just be so ecstatic. I mean, mm-hmm. we just actually heard that the, wor- the World Cup, the second one, will be in Dallas, Texas in 2014, and it, it like, blew up like wildfire on Facebook. <laughs> wow, so. wow. And you guys all have these creative names as well. Like, is that, I mean, nobody goes by their real name in roller derby, or is that just something that's kind of been left over from roller derby back in the past? Is that something that's transitioning to, like, the uniforms? You know what? I, besides the World Cup and the Team USA, a lot of women still just use their derby names, and I could probably mm-hmm. name every teammate of mine by their derby name and not their real name. Sometimes <laughs> I go on Facebook to find them, and I'm like, I can't remember their name. So, <laughs> you know, we try to pick crazy names that suit us, and a lot of us do pretty well. Like, it's, I mean, I had help picking out my name, but I how had did a you get your name? How did, how did you get your name, if I can ask? Well, I love Mario games, and Nintendo games. I'm a huge Mario fan, but okay. I love Zelda better. But when it came, like, when I play games with my husband on Nintendo, I'm always Yoshi. I love mm. Yoshi. He's green, cute, funny, blah, 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 whatever, you know. Yoshi's Yoshi's my man. So <laughs> when it came to picking a name, I actually wiki Yoshi, and I looked for moves that he does in games, and I had a couple. I don't even remember what they were except the one that I picked. And as I was saying to my teammates, I said, you know, blah, 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 this, this, this. When I said Yoshi Ground Town, one of the women on my team was like, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure? They're like, I love it, I love it. So oh. I went by that for a little while, but for uniform purposes, I just go by Yoshi. It's just easier. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so I'm sort of a novice to the whole roller derby thing. I think the the... The only thing I can really recall about roller derby was when I was a little girl, I used to watch it on TV on Saturday mornings. So let me get some clarity on some terms. You're what they call a blocker. So what actually is your job function on the team? Basically, for me, my job is offense and defense at the same time. I have to block the other jammer from getting through and scoring points on me, and I have to help my jammer get through to score points on the other people. Okay, and you have certain rules on, like, how you can block. You can't use certain, like, your hands or something? Yeah, you can't grab, you can't punch, you can't clothesline, um, you can't use your head, you can't kick people. Basically, you're only allowed to use your shoulders, um, your thighs, and then there are legal hitting zones, which we have to keep with or you can get penalties for. I should say, it seems really limited on what you can do to... Help and you mentioned a jam. What is a jammer? The jammer is the person who races around the track trying to pass people. Okay. Um, they they wear the star on their helmet, so they're you know are skaters that we need to take care of and make sure they get around the track. So there are there are strategies like if our jammers through the pack and the other jammers not through, then we want to slow it down. If the jammer from our team is in the penalty box. We want to speed it up. Like, there's strategies that we have to know during game time that help with that. So there's a lot, actually, that you can mind. Okay. And, and how, do you, how do you get points? In? Basically, um, there's each jam is two minutes, and the jammers, when the whistle blows, they both take off. And mm-hmm. You have a pack of people to get through, which is four people from each team, um, three blockers and a pivot. And Mm -hmm. basically the two jammers fight through the pack of us, and whoever gets through first is the league jammer. They have the option to call off the jam, which is usually a strategic move so that the other jammer can't get points. Um, They can either call it off or they can just keep going and make the other jammer go the full two minutes, which both of them would, obviously, but... um, once you get through the pack the first time, the rest of your passes through this pack is going to award you points for every set of hits 
of the other team that you pass. So if you have someone in the penalty box and you pass them but call off the dam, you still get one point because you pass that person. Um, if you okay. get through the pack and everyone's in there and you get through successfully and then call it off, you get four points. The jammer, the other jammer gets none. So strategically, like, that's what you want to do. Okay, okay. And I remember, like I said, I remember watching roller derby when I was a little girl. I remember this one move that I used to always just be like, wow. And it would, like, somebody would grab hands and, like, swing somebody around. What, what yeah. is that move called? That is an arm whip. Okay. That is, that is something that is used, but it ends up being kind of rare unless the perfect opportunity suits itself, and we do wait for that opportunity. Okay, so I guess you would be the one and moving the jam. That's a jammer that would be moving around, right? That you would be swinging yeah. out there. Yeah, oh, okay. I would be okay. offering my hands and then pulling them and hopefully giving them more speed as they come around the track. Okay. Now, how, how is it that you got to be a blocker? I mean, are you just more fit to be a blocker instead of a jammer, or how, how do how do the positions get picked? Well, it's Pretty much um, being a jammer, you have to have endurance. You have to be kind of fast. Uh, you have mm-hmm. to be able to move your weight through a pack. When I first started derby, like I said, I was overweight. Um, I didn't have a lot of endurance at all. So when the end of my second season came around, being a jammer was my goal because I had lost weight. Mm-hmm. I had gotten faster. I had better endurance. But when I went back this past season, you know, my weight's up again. My endurance is bad again. So for me to be a jammer, it's next to impossible. Um, some people can't take the the being a jammer because all eyes are on you. Everybody's hitting you. You have to have a lot of endurance. You have to have a lot of willpower to get through, get knocked down, and just keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much who is best for the job, and then your coaches will know who is best for the job. Like, I'm pretty sure that my coach would look at me and go, you're going to jam because I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, it's going to take time to get back there, but I'm pretty sure I'm more effective if they put me blocking because that's actually what I trained myself for for a couple months when I first had joined because that's what I wanted to do. Is to be a, a jammer? Well, first I wanted to just be a blocker. Like, I just wanted to hit okay. people. That's okay. all I want to do. I just want to hit. But then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to be center of attention for a little bit. I want to get <laughs> the, the good pictures. Because let's, let's be honest, all the jammers get all the good pictures. But that's because <laughs> there's nobody around them. So. Okay. So, you know, that's a goal down the line, goal down the line. So is there – so I'm hearing that there's five people on the rink at any particular time, but there's some extra people floating around in case something happens or – Yeah, there's the rest. You mean the rest? No, like on your team. So there's five people on the rink at one particular time, but do you guys have, like, extra oh, oh, jammers? Oh. And- oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when the rosters are made for the bouts, you can have up to 14 women on the roster, and then we okay. all rotate in and out, in and out, because it's, I mean, going for a full two minutes sometimes as fast as you can, it's really, really tiring. Yeah, got you, got you. So how do you guys find your teammates? I mean, you go to just skating rinks and, and, like, recruit people off of skating rinks, or how does that work? Well, sometimes we do that. Um, for my team, because they're about an hour away from me, what they usually do is go to uh, local events and recruit. But I know next Tuesday my team in Morristown is actually having an open recruitment. We're welcoming women and men who want to volunteer and skate and going to show them what derby's about, what's involved, um, answer questions. And usually nowadays, word of mouth is more probably a better way to recruit women than anything. And a lot of the mm-hmm. women on the team are probably friends of friends of friends that come and see it. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my God, I'm going to try this. Um, I know I've tried to recruit women at, like, local stores. Like, I actually... Okay. Was in Lane Bryant when I went back in February, and I was talking to these two girls that worked there about what I had been doing. I said, I, you know, I just brought up, I'm like, I'm alone and I have a four month old. This is amazing. I can shop. So <laughs> you know, I got to talking to them and sharing my story, and they're like, oh wow. And I was like, yeah, Derby's amazing. It does this for you. And, and, you know, they were very interested in coming, but with their schedules, they didn't show up. So, you know, a lot of us. 
um, if we're walking around and someone starts talking to us, we usually bring up Derby. Like, if I'm talking to you on the street about anything, I'm going to probably <laughs> mention Derby. <laughs> so it's going to come up, right? It will. So uh, <laughs> it's, it seems like Derby's kind of like a grassroots kind of uh, sport. And you mentioned that you guys were um, having auditions and you were going to be including men in these auditions. You don't have men on your team, though, right? No, not yet. We're uh, we're just a women's team right now. We have a our coach is actually a player from New York Shock Exchange in New York City. Um, Starkey, he's our mm-hmm. he's actually the president's brother, and he's mm-hmm. a great coach. He brings a lot to the table because he comes from Gotham Girls team area, which the Gotham Girls are the best team in the country for the past two years. They're almost unbeatable. A lot of them were okay. a world the World Cup team, and um, so far, it's just the women's team. But maybe I'm I'm wondering down the line if there's ever going to be like a a men and a women's team. We don't play together because we go by a rule set that's only women. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, when we scrimmage. I love playing against the guys because you can okay. hit them as hard as you want, and they're not going to complain. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So there's no co-ed derby teams at this point. There are. There are oh, okay. different rule sets. Yeah, there's like, I think there's uh, there's Wista, there's Osta, there's Renegade. There might be a couple more that I'm just not too familiar with, but I know Osta, there's a co-ed team. Renegade is co-ed. Um, and then there's just strictly men's teams, and that's growing. That has grown in the last two years so much. Okay. Okay. All righty, well, we're going to take our last break of the day, and we're going to come back and talk some more about Derby with Yoshi Grandpam. You're listening to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's Lana Reed. Hello, hello, welcome back. I have been spending uh, almost the past hour talking about the interesting things that this mommy does, uh, and she does roller derby. And uh, Tina, your team, I was looking on the website, and it says that your team was uh, recently accepted as as the uh, Women's Flat Track Derby Association Apprentice. What, What does that mean for your team? That actually means a lot. Um, WISTA is the rule set that we go by, mm-hmm. and WISTA is the association that, you know, helps with rankings and all of that stuff and makes it way more professional than it would be as if we were, like, say, Renegade. Mm-hmm. Um, Renegade, not that it isn't professional, but there, you know, there's no rules. They get out there and, and you know, that's more bloody than I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But okay. roller derby with, with WISTA, um, which is very, it, it, it's an amazing opportunity for us to be actually ranked among the best of the best in the world. And WISTA is actually progressing. I know they just accepted a team in Japan. Okay. Um, Puerto Rico, I think. Okay. It, it's growing so quickly. But it's for us, it's like, you know, this is our rule set. This is what we go by. So getting the apprenticeship means a lot to us. Okay, so this particular organization kind of gives some sort of standardization across the world for roller derby. Yeah, I mean, there are other other ways to play roller derby, but this is a, the one that a lot of teams go by. I can name like five or six teams within an hour of me that go by WISTA. Okay, and you mentioned Renegade. So there's some teams out there playing each other with no rules, no, just just go for it, and whoever wins, wins. Basically, yeah. I mean, um, two of my teammates from my old team were on a renegade team before they came to us. And, you know, I've seen pictures of, of people with bloody noses, you know, rats. Mm. They play outside on pavement. And for me personally, I don't want to play outside on the pavement. That hurts. <laughs> I, was, I was getting ready to say that seems very dangerous. I mean, that's yeah, that seems very dangerous. So this this world women's flat track derby association um, seems like it's a it's a good thing then I mean it keeps your players healthy 
more, I should say, give them more opportunity to be healthier because, I mean, you're going to have some broken bones somewhere along the way. Um, and, and across the world, when you're trying to play with somebody in Japan, you, you want to be on the same page. So I guess it, it kind of... Yeah, we can... The thing with um, the World Cup, we had teams from England, Ireland, um, New Zealand was there, Brazil was there, and obviously there's going to be some language barriers. But gotcha. the thing is that we're all going by the same rule set. We don't need to speak the same language. We know gotcha. what we're supposed to be doing. And then refs, the refs have arm signals for all the penalties, not that I know them all, not uh-huh. that a lot of people know them all, but they are there so that in, in about situation two, it's very loud. There's music, okay. there's cheering, so you're not going to hear what the ref is saying, but the signals should let you know what you've done. Okay. So, that's the great thing about having one rule set across the board is we all know what we're supposed to be doing. Okay. And this World Cup, you said, where was this World Cup at? The first one was in Toronto. Oh, so you were there? Yes. Oh, wow. So, how, like, was it a lot of teams there? There were so many women and men there for this. It was it was ridiculous. I think there was maybe... <laughs> eight or nine teams from across the world and mm-hmm. so many fans. I know about seven of my teammates and I drove up to Canada. My It was actually my Christmas gift for my sister to okay. go and she went with me. It was just, it was great. I learned so much. I saw so much. I met so many people and it was just like, you know, all these people love one thing and they're all here together and it's just, you know, it's great. Oh, that's way too cool. So it it was just like over the weekend, or does this um, last a week? It was, uh, I think, three, three, four days. I think the first night was an intro, like Team USA played against each other because they had so many women. It was like Stars versus Stripes, and then the rest of the weekend was all the games, and then Sunday morning was the second and third place, or the third and fourth place bout, and then the first and second place bout. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, your your team that you're on now, New Jersey Roller Derby, do you just play teams in that area, or do you travel, like, would you travel to Los Angeles to play a team or something? Well, we, since it's all we pay for what we're doing, uh, we don't mm-hmm. have the funds to travel that far. So when we gotcha. play, I think the limit is about three, three and a half hours, because that's what we can drive in a day. Okay. So we we've only traveled up to... Trying to remember, uh, we went to Albany. I know my team went to Long Island this past weekend. We went to Hartford. We're going to go to South Delaware in a month. Okay. So it's all, it's all what we could drive. Right now, we don't have the funds. Like I know, I wouldn't have the money to fly out to LA to play. So gotcha. that would be amazing. Gotcha. But I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems to me we need to get some some big time sponsors for these teams so we can get you guys playing each other. Because oh, yeah. I mean. I, I think that would be kind of cool to have the interaction, you know, um, with other teams from other cities and stuff like that. So that would be kind of cool. Whenever we go on vacation, like me, I was at the point where I was planning my vacation around, hey, can I make a practice at this other team? Because (laughs) there are – and the good thing about Derby, too, is other teams are just so welcoming. Um, Uh I mean, the number one rule of Derby is, like, don't be a jerk. So okay. you have so many people that are just amazing. And I could probably pack my bag and I could probably drive up to, I don't know, Massachusetts and go to a derby practice up there with that team. And they would probably welcome me and let me skate with them for a practice. And I would learn so much that I wouldn't learn on my own team because everybody does stuff differently. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes not. But usually it's a good thing. And I know one of my captains goes... She travels all over for her job, and I think she went to, um, I know she went to Australia. I don't know if she was able to go see a team there, but she's been all over, and I know she's practiced with other teams. Like, I think Memphis was one of them. Okay. And other, like, they just teach you so much. Okay. Okay. So are, are there any, like, leagues uh, that stand out that everybody kind of, like, admires and looks up to? I guess maybe, what, what are the top teams on the list these days? Right now, currently. Oh boy, number one Gotham. I know that's like the one everybody knows. Gotham, Philly, everybody mm-hmm. knows Philly, Holy Rollers, Bay City. Um, I'm trying to think of more teams. I know there's like great teams in Minnesota, uh, the Windy City Rollers. 
Okay. Knoxville, Roller Girls. There's there's so many teams. It's hard to even tell you. I know there's. I I particularly like like specific skaters like Erkin Jerkins, a great skater. She had amazing moves at the World Cup. Um, okay. and she just had twins. So. Oh wow. <laughs> um, there's there's a ton of of great skaters that I admire. That. Okay. I would love to be in person, and I've met, and they're just they give great advice and teach you a lot. And, you know, you, you said earlier that people make certain assumptions about roller derby and the women that, that participate in roller derby. Um, but I'm going to assume, like, you're a mom. Your team is like a mixed bunch of um, mothers, oh, yeah. wives, and working women? Oh, yeah. We're all walks of life. Um, oh. You know, vegetarians, vegans, meat lovers, um, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. We, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. Like I said, number one rule, don't be a jerk. As long as you're good to your teammates and vice versa, you're mm-hmm. never really going to have any problems. Of course, you put a whole bunch of women in one room, you might have some drama. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what what place full of women doesn't? I mean, yeah. I had a workplace with five women and there was drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it, you know. it's difficult, I mean, you know, to get us all to be on one accord uh, when we're the same gender. But, you know, it's nice to see that you guys are working it out. And... Just real quick in this last couple seconds I have, what do you think is the drawing factor to roller derby for females? Because it's just so different than what we are. I mean, it's a rough and tough contact sport. What is the... It's fun. It's fast. I get to hit people who are willing. And when you hit someone and you hit them hard, they're like, that was awesome. I mean, where are you going to hear that? Where are you going to be able to willingly hit someone with your entire body and then tell you that was a great hit? Gotcha, gotcha, cool stuff. Well, uh, as always, these hours go so fast for me, and we are at the end of this one, Tina. Um, today I've had the pleasure of chatting with Tina Blendetto from the New Jersey Roller Derby. I want you to uh, be sure to visit her blog at rollerderbymom.com, and you can catch up with her team by logging on to njderby.com. Miss Yoshi Ground Pound, I thank you for taking a little time away from the baby in the background and the hubby to speak with me today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No problem, dear. Well, that's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed. And you can visit my website at, website at lanarie.com. Until next time, I look forward to connecting with you.